1: I just play Doctor online, and once again, I'm coming from the basement at Nostalgia Zone Comics and Collectibles. At least that's what I'm calling it. It's Nostalgia Zone, but I don't know if the comics and collectibles part is part of the name. But it's a comic book store, and it's got other kind of stuff here. Uh, You can go to our website at uh, nostalgiazone.com. You can become a member of our membership. And uh, you can save 10% on your purchases of comic books and magazines and some other select items, I think. And, uh, and uh, you, uh, it costs you nothing for the membership, and you can start earning points as well on every purchase that you make of comic books and magazines and such. Uh, you can earn points that uh, can lead to saving even more money on future purchases. So that's really cool. And we've got all kinds of comic books going back to Golden Age but mostly Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age. Uh, we, it's all back issues. We don't ta- We don't bring in the new stuff. We don't get the new stuff until it's at least a couple years old. Uh, and uh, yeah, so anyway, um, check out Nostalgia Zone. I do the show from the basement, so I figure I should do a little ad for it. And uh, yeah, check us out online, NostalgiaZone.com. It's a really cool comic book store. Got a lot of lots of got a lots of uh, uh, back issues for you to find those, fill those holes that you have in your collection, or find those those treasures you didn't know you wanted. I mean, I spotted a comic book in um, in the batch that I brought home. Uh, from uh, last week to enter into our inventory, uh, it's a it's an issue of Ghost Banner, which is a Charlton title. And I looked at the cover, and it's just awesome! Such an awesome looking cover. It's uh, it's done by uh, I I thought it looked like Bernie Wrightson, and Bernie Wrightson does uh, did a lot of artwork in the sort of the macabre sort of sense. He he did a he did a uh, uh, an illustrated adaptation of uh, Frankenstein, uh, the Mar- the Mary Shelley. Uh, book uh, Frankenstein, and and it's just beautiful stuff. Just really, you know, he has a real sense of the macabre, and that's that. That was his. That was his strength. That's what he really excelled at. And I thought that looked like a Bernie Wrightson cover, but it turns out it's Tom Sutton. Now Tom Sutton's not one of the. Uh, he's not one of the, uh, better known or, or he's not one of the more celebrated artists from the old days of comic books, but he was really good and he did some pretty interesting stuff. And he also did some of the, the macabre end of things, but man, I tell you, I saw that cover and I said, wow, this is, this is, this is great. I'm, I'm tempted to buy this just to have this issue because of that cover. So cool. I'll put a cover of it on, in the show notes page, uh, which you can get to the show notes by going to dimland.com, click on the show notes blog option, and you'll you'll, you'll see what I got. Links to stuff I talk about on the show. There, it's going to be link light this this week for the for the um, show notes because a lot of this is going to be some personal stuff that I'm just letting you know what's what's been going on on the Fitzsimmons end of the world uh, over the last. A uh, couple of weeks. Part of the reason I didn't do do a show last week was because of some of the stuff that's been going on. Uh, let's see. Well, we're going to start with with uh, we had some good timing, and that is uh, the timing uh, 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 that of having scheduled repair for our car. Uh, we have a Kia Soul. If, as you recall, we just got a brand new engine put in there. And we didn't go, I don't know, a thousand miles before the check engine light came on again. Now, it had nothing to do with the engine. I thought it was probably some other problem that this car has been having intermittently for a while. and you know, it, It's not anything that's going to be terribly damaging or damaging to the car. So it's something that I can hold on. Uh, but, you know, I thought that was going to be it. So I went right over to an auto zone. They put it on their little computer scanner thing. And they found what the error message or what the what the computer was saying was that that check engine light was meaning and apparently there was, it was something else it was something to do with the emission system a valve needed replacing so I call uh, the Kia Barnett uh, uh, well the uh, Barnett Kia that's a that's the family that owns the, the Kia dealership I call them and I tell them about what's going on they say well you can bring it in can't get you in until about the end of the month <laughs> you know uh, it, it would be yeah it would have been uh, an appointment that I set up for noon 30 on Friday uh, March 31st and they said you can bring it in on you know if you want to bring it in the night before drop it off and and you know we'll, we'll check it out see what's going on so that's what we did and we we used my dad's car uh, to you know get around um, you know while that while our car was was hiding there and the timing I should say is good in that. We had my dad's car when April decided to come in with a real nice us moment by dumping about eight inches of snow on us. That's right. Here in the Twin Cities, we got another, I know it was about eight inches in my neighborhood of snow. And this was not light, fluffy, friendly snow. No, this is the, the, the really heavy stuff. The really wet, the really sticky, heavy snow. In fact, I, went, I, I knew the snow was coming. It was raining all day the Friday, uh, yeah, the Friday before, The that would be the 31st. It was raining all day. And the weather people were saying, overnight, it's going to change the snow, and we're going to, you know, it started out, you, when you're a few days away from the event, and they're telling you, well, accumulations of 2 to 3 inches, and then it goes to, well, 3 to 5 inches, well, maybe 4 to 8 inches, uh, possibly 5 to, uh, to 10 inches, maybe, maybe, you know, it just kept changing. Uh, well, we got about 8 inches of snow. And, it's, and, and so since I knew it was going to be snowing, I grabbed the shovel out of the garage and I brought it into the house with me because I like to be able to shovel my way out of the house to the garage you know, without having to track through snow. I got the shovel with me. I can just make my way there. And that was the plan. But The next morning, I look out. I see, yep, it snowed. Okay, I try to get out the back door of the house. I can't open the door. Snow was too wet, too sticky, too heavy. Couldn't push open the screen door. No matter, I'll go out the front. I was able to do that, but I had to shovel my way down the front steps, shovel a path around to the, on the main sidewalk, which we live on a corner. And it, And I'm just, the whole time I'm going, I said, well, the snowblower isn't gonna work on this. Not the snowblower that I use. It's gonna get stuck. You know, The, the, the snow is gonna get stuck in there every couple of feet. It's gonna jam up. It's just not gonna be worth trying. And in the alley that we take care of, there's a part of it where it's so muddy and soft on the bottom. The snowblower ain't gonna work. It's just gotta use a shovel. So I did that for about a half hour before I started texting my wife and my son, saying, "Get your asses out here!" Essentially, I need help. Well, my son came out, and I said, "Is your mom coming?" He said, "No, I let her sleep." You know, but she eventually saw the tweet, tweet not tweet the text. And uh, she came out, too. And so between the three of us, we, we took care of it. Uh, my son and I took care of that long alleyway behind us. It's, it's essentially a long driveway. It's not a full alleyway. It's a driveway that goes to two garages. We did that with shovels. And that was a, that was a challenge, but we did it. And, uh, and, and we made, I made the call. It's normally the main sidewalk that goes around the house the, uh, the, uh, for, the, for the public to walk on. Uh, normally we shovel it off or clear it all the way. But I, I said, to hell with that. I'm just doing a path that's as wide as my shovel. And that's going to, because it's just going to melt. And in fact, like five days later, the stuff's almost all gone. <laughs> you know, and, and it's even, there's still the piles of stuff, but it's, it's, it's going away. We're going to have temperatures in the 70s next week. So, hey, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> but it did put us in third place the third most snowiest winter on record in the for the Twin Cities and that record keeping goes back I think like 160 years or something or or so something like that and it's so the official snowfall at least after that snowfall was 89.7 inches which I know people who live in Buffalo New York or live out there in the mountains in, in California that have just shit tons of snow right now I know that sounds quaint but for us, I mean, that's a lot. That's just going out and shoveling a lot. When I've talked about the misery, the winter misery index, our index is skewed heavily in the points-wise in the amount of snow we've dealt with, and that just makes it, so, you know, so much more of a miserable winter, even if even if the index only puts us in moderate. So. Oh, it was it was uh, yeah, but it was good timing to have Dad's car because that morning when I had to drive out to come to the comic book store because it was Saturday, uh, I had a vehicle that had four wheel drive. You just press a button and it goes into four wheel drive, and that you know that that was good. Our timing was good there. Our timing wasn't so great in something else that had happened that same Saturday. Big old snowfall comes in on the day that my son Hayden, 19 years old. Moved out of the house. That's right. Not going to college. Not that kind of move out. He's moved out. He and a couple of friends from high school. Uh, those two friends had been roommates in an apartment for some years. Uh, they, The three of them were talking and said, you know, maybe we should see if we can rent a house and have the three of us in it. And they found one for a pretty good rental price, but, you know, split between three. Uh, and, and that's that's good. Uh, I will say, though, the rent, the monthly rent for that house is more than what we pay in mortgage for our house. So but that's just uh, timing. We've been in our house for over 20 years. You know, things are different now. So he's got he's got to move out and he's got all this snow to contend with. Now, they did it. They managed. They had a F-150 pick em up truck they had they, and so they just loaded up what they could and my son also benefited from having a sort of a soft out. He didn't have a hard date to be out of the house. You can still keep some stuff here and just come and get it as you need it or as you're able because it's you know you don't have to just be out by a certain date like his friends had to be out of their apartment by a certain date. So it was a little more, it was a little different for them. So, uh, yeah. And so I, I, (laughs) I, and another thing in the timing that may not be great is that I don't know that I'm ready for this. (laughs) I told him, I said, you can come back if you need to. He said, I'm not going to need to I said well. Just know that you can. All right. Just, just know that you, you can. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been different. Uh, our dog Edna sometimes looks around like somebody's missing here. I can't quite put my finger on it, or my paw. <sighs> yeah, the kid—they grow up so fast. Nineteen years. Um, well, it's, I think I might. Mm, I, I, I think I, I think I might take a break early because I got some other stuff to tell you. And I, I'm going to need a little more time in the, in the center segment of the show. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim F- Fitzsimmons. I will return uh, after this break.
2: I'm shouting all about love. Well, they cheated you like a dog. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
0: You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
2: Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar III? Well, Doctor Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune into Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, Midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jan Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Well, I'll be hornswoggled.
0: You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
2: You don't say. What, you think you went off to college or something?
0: On ztalkradio.com.
2: That's the most amazing
1: thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. To Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, uh, there was a <clears throat> another moment of, uh, I don't know if it was timing, but, you know, the best laid plans sort of thing. Um, back at the end of February, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you guys on the, uh, back then or not, um, my wife, Amy... Uh, and her brother Cam lost their older brother, Bill. Uh, Bill died. Uh, we believe it was uh, February twenty eighth, and we didn't find out about it until a couple few days later. His uh, Bill's longtime girlfriend got a hold of Cam, and let us know that he apparently had pancreatic cancer or liver cancer or something, uh, uh, you know, in that area, and he he was in rough shape and. He went fast. Uh, it's kind of difficult without getting into the whole family dynamic stuff. Uh, Amy did not get on well with her uh, oldest brother. Uh, he was a, a half brother. Um, he was from the her mother their their mother's first marriage, um, so he wasn't you know full on brother, but still he's a brother, and he just he had his own personality. We'll put it that way, and there were things that uh, Amy was not happy with him, and uh, I think the last time that they had spoken was uh, after their, you know, after uh, my after my father-in-law had died, and that was, well, that, was that goes back to uh, October 13, twenty seventeen, and I remember the date very well because it was when the Houston Cheaters were in the postseason, and uh, and it was the October thirteenth was. Uh, uh, was that was the season that they were cheating, uh, the, where they won the World Series? That's why twenty seventeen stands out. And uh, uh, the October thirteenth is uh, it's Amy's and mine. Uh, it's our wedding anniversary. So her dad died on our wedding anniversary. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, it, it, they they hadn't spoken since then. Uh, the, the it just there's just things. And I'm not going to go into the deep details. But still, it's it's her brother. She still loves him. Uh, it's just, you know, things. Well, they find out, and he was living uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, and f- for whatever reason, I don't know why, but uh, the Cremation Society of Madison, uh, Wisconsin, had his cremains. Is that what they call it when they're remains, but they call them cremains when they're cre- cremated. Is that is that really what they call them? Anyway, okay, because uh, I've heard it, but I don't know if it's an official way of calling it, but um, anyway, th- they were there, and uh, through this finding out about the death of, uh, of their brother, um, they met over the phone a friend of Bill's, a, a man named Shannon. Shannon was uh, Bill's Uber driver. Bill had some Head injury in 2018. He had fallen down some stairs. Story on what really happened or how it happened is murky, but nevertheless, he had some 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 uh, some you know head trauma and uh, had some problems after that and needed assistance and, and stuff. And so this Uber driver guy named Shannon, well, started driving him around, and then they became friends. And the guy was there for for bill for a lot of stuff to help him out through stuff and whatever and uh um so we got to uh amy and cam got to know this guy you know through the phone fo- on the phone so the the girlfriend the longtime girlfriend and and cam and, and amy they came to you know the agreement that they would split the ashes you know cam wasn't so worried about having any of them but amy would like to have some so she let's just split them in half that's fine and 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 that 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 was the, that was the, uh, um, agreement. So on a Monday, was it last week, last Monday? Yeah. Last Monday, uh, we had, uh, made certain that the, the, you know, Cremation Society of Madison knew that we were driving down. We we're going to pick up Bill's remains and we were going to meet Shannon. Shannon was going to drive in. He had about an hour to drive. We had about four hours to drive to get out there. So, he, he was gonna we were gonna meet him and just face to face and and t- talk and thank him for you know being there for for Bill. And uh, we're on the road. we you know we got we just got started driving, and we all met up at a parking ride, and then we hop into the same car and we're driving down. and my brother-in- law gets a text from Shannon. Apparently, the Friday before when they were talking, you know when when Cam and Bill and uh, Shannon were talking with each other about upcoming visit on Monday. Shannon let me known that he had a bit of a chest cold, but he figured he'd be better by Monday. Well, apparently he wasn't, and so we just decided, hey, you know, take care of yourself. We can we can schedule meeting up some other time. So, well, was, don't worry about it. Just take care of yourself. So he said, okay. So he had to beg out. So we drive on down to to Madison. We find the place. Not there was some weirdness about it because you. It doesn't say cremation society on uh, on the directory in the main floor. We knew it was on the fourth floor because it was suite four thousand. We go up into some place called Regis, and we're uh, uh, and so we go back down. So it's, it's not there. So we 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 call. We find out we're at the right place. And Regis is a sort of a front reception company for several businesses on that floor, and one of them was the cremation society of Madison. Oh, we're here. So we go back out. We go up. There's two women sitting behind the reception desk, and we say, "We're here to pick up, uh, you know, these remains." One of them gets up. Says, so, "Oh, okay, yep." This goes in the back, and she starts, you know, trying to find them. She comes out and says, "I can't find them. I don't. They're not here." And the other woman says, oh, wait, let me check again. And so she gets up and so she checks and she comes back and says, oh, well, we know what happened. Uh, there was a request to send them clo- to a location, one of the cremation society locations that's closer to Milwaukee. Another hour drive for us to go. And, and my brother-in-law immediately says the name of the girlfriend, of Bill's girlfriend, says her, says her name. It's like, this, this is her doing yeah she's messing with us or something that's that's you know that's what they thought and so they they look it up there and they find out that yeah there was a request cuz amy says i called you friday i called I, we were coming down today to pick him up well sorry but you know but there was a request put in by and they say the girlfriend's name and and was, uh, to have them sent closer so I, you know, so the, my my wife and and her brother are a little upset about this, and I said, well, let's practice the the principle of charity, and let's just, you know, she was just calling for her half to be moved to the closer location to her, and the place screwed up and sent the whole thing, because they were sent into two packages, you know, and you know, so uh, Cam was able to get a hold of somebody that's at the place the other place, and she's sort of, you know, she's the one that's on top of everything. You know, they said she knows the person that we were supposed to call of the other cremation society. She knows where everything is. She knows everything. And she said, yeah, they're they're here, and we're really sorry. So Cam says, look, just ship them to me. Ship our half to me. Just our half, not all of it, just our half. And, you know, I'll pay that and whatever. I think I should still bring up something where say, you know, there should be some consideration from this cremation society on, uh, on this, because they knew we were driving down <laughs> so the two main reasons that we got on the road on monday did not come through but we did have we did go to this place had lunch uh, and it was nice and it was nice to visit with you know uh with 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 Cam and his wife Missy and it was nice that was, you know so that was nice and it was a pleasant it was a, the weather was good and and it was a, it was a pleasant drive and all that kind of stuff so it was you know it was fine we took a day off and ended up just you know enjoying each other's company and didn't get the things <laughs> the two things achieved that we wanted to hey you know best laid plans right uh the other thing uh about uh, the uh, this past couple weeks, um, our timing was good in having Dad's car, or you know, Dad agreeing. So yeah, you can use the car because he ended up certainly not needing it. Um, Dad, uh, he's 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 alive. <laughs> okay, I wanted to say that. I no, don't want to make you think that he's not alive. Um, he's 87. He's about to turn 88. At the end of this month, astrologers put your charts away. He'll turn 88. Uh, he, it was a it was a Tuesday. It was the Tuesday before we took our trip down to. uh no, see, yeah, we took our trip down to Madison. It was the Tuesday before you know the the big April Fool snow when Hayden moving out, our car getting worked on and all that. It it was know, yeah, it was the Tuesday before that. Uh, in the morning, Dad had a dentist appointment. So he got himself there, you know, drives himself out, goes to the dentist appointment, which included a root canal. Oh, yeah. And then he heads to the pharmacy, picks up the medications that the dentist had prescribed for, you know, dealing with the the root canal aftermath. And then he goes home. My older brother, Bob, came over to Dad's and uh, picked him up. And the two of them went to a couple of banks to do some banking for my dad. And then... Bob brought him home. Probably visited for a while, and then Bob went home. Midnight. That night, midnight, I got a phone call. I live a mile away from my my dad, uh, and so and and have done and have lived that closely to him and mom when mom was still around. Uh, f- since 2001, and we knew moving into the house that we have, we knew we were going to be the first call for help. Amy said, "You know what this means?" And I said, "What?" She says, "Well, if something goes wrong with your parents, we're the ones going to get the call." And I said, "Oh yeah, well, yep, that's part of the bargain living that close to mom and dad." And if, and over the years, yeah, we got uh, we've got calls, and I had to drive over in the middle of the night to help pick mom up off the floor. Uh, I've had you know I've had there's things you know I've had to go over and uh, help calm her down when she was having a bout of insomnia. Uh, a couple of years before she died, um, had to do all that kind of stuff because I, I'm, I was the first call for help. Well, <clears throat> I get a call from my dad. It's midnight. So he says, "Yeah, it's your dad. It's what's up?" And he says, "Well, I got up to go pee and I I fell out of the bed and I had to crawl out here to the kitchen to call you. Uh, I I can't get up. I says, okay. Well, all right. Sit tight." you know relax I'll be over in a few minutes I'm on my way and so I I, I got over there and he was he was just sitting there in the kitchen uh, in the doorway from the kitchen to the living room he's just kind of sitting there back up against the door frame he's just calm he's, he's just sitting he knows I'm coming you know he's just sitting and waiting if it had been my mother she'd have been you know near hysterics <laughs> but that's just they handle situations differently so I, I go in, and, I, and as I'm driving over, I thought, wait a minute, he's got a phone right by his bed. Why? What? what? And I didn't realize it, but later, after I said this to him, I realized, well, you know, I just did a little cognitive test with him to see how his, how his, how his thinking's going. Because I get I get in the house, and I, the first thing I ask, okay, is there anything broken? Is there anything, you know, are you in pain? Is there any, you know, anything? And he says, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm okay. I just can't get up. And then I said, you know, you have a phone in your bedroom. And he says, yeah, but I don't have the address book in there, so I don't have your phone number. I had to crawl out here to get your phone number. And I said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And that that is sort of a little cognitive test, just as, he, and he answered, he was lucid, he was fine, as far as that goes. Just couldn't get up. So... Well, you know, my dad is not a large man. He's like six, no, uh, five foot six now. I think at his highest, as his tallest, he was five, nine maybe. But he's, he's, he's come down a little bit. He's shrunk a little bit. But he's about a couple hundred pounds. And he's, you know, he's got a, you know, a stocky upper body. You know, he's like, that's broad shoulders. You know, he's got a bit of a gut, but he's not, you know, he's, you wouldn't see him and say he's a, you know, he's, uh, uh, you know, uh, obese or something, or overweight, even, he's just, you know, he's got a bit of a gut, a lot of guys do, and, you know, he does, and he's an old man, <laughs> so I, I reach, I get behind him, I get my arms under his armpits, and, and I, you know, so my fists are right up by his holding onto his shoulder, my hands are holding onto his shoulders as I'm picking him up, or I'm making fists and picking him up, anyway, whichever I'm doing, I get him up on his feet, get him into his, his recliner, Um, I have to, you know, change his underwear because he had an accident and, uh, got him set up, uh, even, well, I won't go into great details not to embarrass my dad. So, but I, you know, took care of some stuff and I convinced him that, you know, we should be using mom's walker. You should be using it because I said, you know how it is you get around the grocery store when you're pushing the cart and how well you do. Well, the walker is going to help you like that. So I did, he said, okay, so I got the walker out there, and then he, he wanted to try to go to the bathroom again. And so he got up on the walker, and he got down the hall just fine. Did his thing, you know, with me watching and making sure, and redirected him, got back got back onto his recliner. Uh, and and then he went to sleep, and then I could not sleep. And I'll tell you, I, I watched television. And this channel that he had on was all old-time TV shows. Uh, mostly sit- uh, sitcoms. All of them were sitcoms. There was... What was it? I wrote The Honeymooners. There was an episode of that. There was Dobie Gillis. Uh, um, Armis Brooks. There was... laughing uh, Laughing was interesting. And there was the Phil Silvers show. I can't stand Phil Silvers. Not the character Phil Silvers. He plays this this scheming, money-scamming kind of guy, always looking for a quick way to make money, to, to just take money from somebody. He's always doing that, and he has this way about him. Hey, buddy, hey, you know, he, I, I can't do an impression of him, but he has this character that he, that he plays. It's called uh, Sergeant Bilko, and, he, you know, and, uh, like he's trying to bilk you out of stuff, right? Huh? Right? See? Bilko. So anyway... It, and he plays... You know, he's it's, he's in the army or something. And so there's a whole list of characters with him. They're all talented. Phil Silvers was talented. He could... He played his character well. I just hated the character. It's just this... I just couldn't stand him. He's just smarmy, fast-talking, patter-patter-patter-patter-patter-patter. I mean, I was watching this thing, and at some time... At some moments, I was saying, Phil, take a breath. But that was part of the shtick. That was all part of the thing. And I, you know, it's the same reason I don't like, I didn't like the uh, the cartoon series Top Cat, or because uh, Top Cat was based on the Phil Silvers character, and so I, I just, you know, I, I, I never liked it. I never, even when I was a kid, I didn't like Howard Hecuba when he showed up on the Gilligan's Island and produced. He was a big time uh, movie producer, or whatever, and he, he, he gets the idea to do a musical version of Hamlet, I think it is, from the island people and then takes off without taking them with him because he didn't want to share the credit for the idea. So, uh, it, 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 I, just, I yeah, it just, oh, God, couldn't stand him. Anyway, uh, but Laugh-In, as I said, Laugh-In was interesting. Laugh-In was way progressive for its time. Very liberal, very hippie you know, very, you know, trippy kind of thing, and uh, and, and it's just, it's you're just bombarded. It's just quick shots, changes to s- different bits, and, and some of the jokes, well, most of the jokes are pretty lame, but there was just something charming about it and innocent, and from today's perspective, when we look at it, there's still some moments that are cringeworthy yeah they they were still you, we will say you know, they're tone deaf on women's rights they they would acknowledge that women were struggling to get their rights. I mean the show was on in the late '60s, early 70s. you know were' struggling for equal rights and and, and the civil rights movement was was still was going and, and they, they they had a they acknowledged this stuff but sort of at a, as a, as a uh, I don't know <laughs> it, it was it was a little tone deaf. If if it was still acknowledging, the the especially the women's rights because they treated women kind of objectly. Um, anyway, but it it was it was fun. I thought it was kind of funny and it was entertaining. So and it was an hour long. It wasn't these you know the half hour things. Because I'm telling you, a lot of these old TV shows, just plain stupid. It's just it's like oh, come on, but anyway, it's a different era. What are you gonna do? So there's dad, sleeping away. Uh, I can't sleep. I might have dozed a bit here. I might have caught like thirty minutes of sleep in total. Five o'clock in the morning comes, and and I'd already called my older brother. And My older brother has medical power of attorney, and I just called and let him know um, I'm here at dad's. This is the situation. Uh, you know, my older brother. You know, Bob says I'll I'll get there. You know, I'll try to get there by seven o'clock and you know, relieve you and take care of dad. So and he did. He got there uh, before seven, but at five o'clock, Dad got up and had to go pee, and it did not go well. Uh, let's just say he didn't make it to the bathroom, although he did. But he didn't make it to the bathroom to go pee. I mean, physically he got his body to the bathroom, but he didn't bring he he didn't have the pee with him when he got to the bathroom. If you understand what I'm saying, and. Uh, and I had, he, I, you know, he, I, I immediately went into janitor mode and I'm down there starting to clean up some of the mess on the carpet in the living room. And I thought, what am I doing? I got to make sure he doesn't fall down. <laughs> so I, I, I said, cleaning this will will wait. So I get up right away and I go and I make sure you now he's already trying to make his way back to, or out of the bathroom, he's got the walker, he was bumping into the walls, he could hardly steer it, he started going into mom's sitting room, and I said, dad, why, you know, I'm in front of him, and I'm saying, where are you going, dad, where are you going, and he's just walking, I said, you're trying to get into mom's room? No, where do you want to go? And eventually he's to the living room, I said, okay, okay, and I had to turn him around, which is not easy to turn around, this fella, who's, you don't want him to fall, and and he's got this walker, and you're in a doorway, not easy to turn him around. Well, I got him around. I got him back out to to the to the to the recliner. In fact, he stumbled in the in the in the living room. I was there. I was holding on to him, so he didn't really stumble hard. I I had him, and I got him back up, and I just carry walked him to the recliner and got him in there. And I thought, you know, I needed to get another pair of clean underwear on him, uh, but he was too exhausted by this point. And I said, you know what? You're just gonna, you're gonna sleep there. I, I set the recliner flat so that he could just lay back, and then I cleaned up the carpet and waited for my brother to get there. Bob got there, and you know, relieved me. I let him know what was going on. The two of us helped him get to the bathroom again, uh, uh, and and got him cleaned up and get him some clean underwear and stuff. And and Bob was you know making a cup of coffee for Dad and. Uh, and says, well, okay, you, you know, go home. I ended up taking that day off of work because I didn't sleep, and it was just going to be, I'm not coming in. So I stayed home, and uh, um, we got a text from Bob uh, later in the morning saying that the paramedics were here, you know, over at Dad's. And then we got another text from Bob saying, headed to the hosp- the emergency room. There's more, of course, to the story, but I'm going to take a little break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Doctor Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. we into a tight parking spot at the mall. I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already.
0: You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network.
2: Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dim Land Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say, and how can a museum be wrong?
0: Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women
1: at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all. How can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong?
2: Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys?
1: We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you.
0: Join the Gorilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information,
1: Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal, and alt mint claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages.
0: We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough.
1: So please join us. All you need is a PC, and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep.
0: Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com.
1: Guerrilla skepticism. The
0: time is now.
2: Music by purpleplanet.com. But we give those other guys the finger.
0: You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network.
1: back to Dimland Radio here in the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. Thank you for indulging me in talking about personal business sort of stuff. I'm not giving you the full details of things because I don't want to embarrass certain people, you know, people involved and all that. So, you know, but I'm giving you pretty much an overview of what's been happening. So when Bob got over uh, Wednesday morning, uh, he and I, as I said, helped Dad get down to the bathroom. We helped clean him up, and and he, Dad, worked the walker better than he had at five in the morning. So I thought, I don't know, maybe he was half asleep. He didn't. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. But as I said, Bob uh, texted us, to let us know that that the um, paramedics had come, and that and then that they were taking him to the emergency room. So. Uh, he was not, Bob was not forthcoming with too much information after that <laughs> for a while until we started saying, okay, what's going on? <laughs> and he, Bob had seen something in dad. Uh, he was he was not getting better. He, in fact, Bob thought he was getting worse as far as weaker, more disoriented. Just He just did not like what he was seeing. So made the decision, take him to the hospital. Dad's still there. He's still in the hospital. He went down on, you know, that Wednesday, which would be, you know, the Wednesday before April 1st, whatever that date was, so the 20, uh, 29th would be. Anyway, so he's, he's, he's brought into the hospital. Um, he had an f- infection. They could not, the doctors could not nail down exactly what the infection was, what the source of the infection. But uh, so they, they ended up giving him, like, a... Uh, 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 a cocktail of uh, antibiotics you know I think three different antibiotics to help you know just cover as many bases as they could as far as infections went since they couldn't identify exactly what the infection was let's attack it that way they did that and that led to one thing ha- to something happening and that was um, uh, one of the antibiotics and I forget the name of it has a very rare side effect very rare the nurse that was attending dad at the, at the point that we were finding out about it or talking about it, uh, she said she had never heard of it. She'd never heard of that, that um, side effect. But the infectious disease doctor that was working with dad said, uh, yeah, what, uh, the, what, this, what this antibiotic can do in very rare cases is it can cause people to become, and when one, what one doctor called it, energized what they do is they start gesticulating they start moving their hands around they they, they he, dad would be you know just both of his arms would just be moving around not not whipping it wasn't it wasn't violent action it was just uh was just slowly kind of moving around it, it, uh, um, it his head would turn from side to side, he'd look up, he'd look down, his shoulders would roll back and forth a little bit, but his, his hands would open and point and make gestures, and he'd touch his head, and he'd, you know, go back and forth, but it it was all upper body, he wasn't, his legs weren't churning or anything, it was just all upper body stuff doing that, he's just, and just constantly, so they couldn't do an MRI on him, they could do a a CT scan, but they couldn't do an MRI because he could not stay still, so what they they figured well that's you know that's that antibiotic causing that so they took them off all antibiotics at that point and just to see if this, to wear this one out so that the gestures could stop and then uh, uh, but if the fever came back get him back on there fever did come back on that uh, on that Sunday night when I was visiting. Uh, and his gesturing was going, and he got worse, and so they put him on antibiotics, put him on fluids, and they gave him just a milligram of some kind of uh, medication to help calm his movements, and his, and within two minutes, he was lying still. I mean, his arms were down, gesturing had stopped. And I went, wow, and they said, well, it's a very small dose, might not last long, but at least it'll help them get them, get them uh, comfortable and yeah, cause get that fever back down. So he sort of knows who I was. At some point, you know, he, he at first he he did say, well, that's Jim," but then when I you know when I visited again, there was yeah I, yeah I kind of know him. <laughs> I don't think those were words he said, but there was that reaction. And later he said, "Well, you're Mr. Jim," which he calls me Mr. Jim on occasion. It just I don't know. The hope is. I mean, he's improved in some ways, but he's not hes not in the, the, the way he was that night when I went over to get him up off the floor. He was lucid. He could talk. He knew what was going on. He could answer the question what why didn't you use your phone in your bedroom? And it was a perfectly reasonable answer. Well, I don't have the address book in the bedroom. I have it out here in the kitchen. So I had to crawl out here to get it because I don't, you know, he doesn't have my number memorized and he's... He's a flip phone guy, but he doesn't use the flip phone, so he's not even a flip phone guy. <laughs> he's still a landline guy. Connected to the wall. Cords connected to the phones. Well, the one in the kitchen is cordless, well, so I'll give him that. it's you know, he's he's 87. He's not with the times. So his 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 cognitiveness was much better there. And when I last saw him, uh, which was uh what day did I go? Thursday. I went over Thursday. He's. I don't know. Um, I'm not a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, I, so, my opinion is just just probably not worth a heck of a lot. But from what I saw, uh, you know, the, the, the talk is that they're going to get him strong enough in the hospital to, to release him to a transition care facility That and that that facility will work on strengthening him and uh, improving his balance and whatever they can do there and assessing whether or not he can go home and I'm I'm not overly optimistic that he's going to go home uh, I haven't really said anything to my siblings but uh, I probably will in our little group chat just say at some point just you know how is he looking today I'm not going to be able to see him again I think until Monday night I think Amy and I can stop by after work or something um uh, well we'll have to drop the damn dog off <laughs> anyway uh we'll we'll see. I don't know I just don't know but he's 87 years old so I, we'll just see we'll, we'll you know we'll see what can happen so that's that's been the stuff that I've been going through uh, the last couple of weeks. Let's see, is, is there anything else? Oh, there was something interesting that I noted while while, while sitting with him. Uh, I sat with him for like six and a half hours on on last Sunday, and then another. I did I came down for oh, three hours or so uh, this this yesterday. Uh, well, Thursday, day before yesterday, uh, and again. I didn't you know I did not see the gesturing was done by Thursday he you know they had that that antibiotic uh side effect had been had worn off so that was done and that was good but again like I said I just don't I just don't see a lot of improvement if any he's somewhat physically better he's somewhat cognitively better but he's nowhere where he was uh it, and uh, the night I came over to get him up off the floor. He's nowhere near it. But when he was, that Sunday night, when I was observing him, we didn't talk much. Uh, and if, you know, he, did, he he would respond to questions, but usually with a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, he didn't know his birthday when he was asked it once. He just rattled it off right away. But then a few minutes later, he just had the year... Uh, and then later he's not quite there, and then he's having a hard time just talking without sounding like gibberish. So while he was going through the gestures, he's moving his arms and his head back and forth and making faces, and his eyes would roll a little here or there. While he was doing all that, I was recognizing the gestures. I was seeing... The gestures that he would make, you know, like a finger point kind of thing, and are a, uh, a raised hand sort of thing, uh, when he reaches up to his head. You know, just, I was seeing movements in there that were part of his, and probably still will be, if we get him back to some semblance of normal again, uh, when he talks, you know, he has gestures, hand gestures. Yeah, we all do. My son always makes fun of mine, because I do talk with my hands quite a bit. But uh, he's not around anymore, so because <laughs> he moved out. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm okay. But Dad would, when he'd talk, he'd have these these gestures, and I was recognizing them, and I and I would look at his face and see how that was working, and I thought, it it, it looks like he's having a silent conversation with himself, which was not unusual. Way back to his much younger days, we go on road trips, and you could. Dad would be driving, and you'd see his hand move here and there. It's like he's just thinking something. He's just thinking something to himself, and he's kind of doing a, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? You know, little hand gestures. He's not saying anything. He's just, you just see that. My mom has remarked on it over the years. As you can see he's deep in thought. And, and, and those gest- some of those gestures that we'd see there was what I was seeing him do there at, 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 you know, in, this, in this side effect induced gesticulations, uh, fidgeting. I suppose we call it I thought that was interesting I don't know I don't know what it means I don't know I did bring it up with the uh, um, the 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 tech that came in to do the EEG that's where they put all these little wires to connect them to the to your to the skin on your head and he had to put it on with a special glue because the dad was moving too much and so he had to use a stronger glue to put it on. But he was very professional, very good about it. Took it off with a nice little solution that you put on there. Let it sit just a little bit, and they come off much easier. So Dad wasn't you know in pain, uh, and, and Dad has a really high tolerance for pain as it is. Uh, but. You know, so he he was. I was telling him about it. and He thought it was interesting what I brought up. I don't know if he's going to mention it to somebody or, or if he's just going to store it away. Says, huh? But I suppose it kind of makes sense that you know there, you have movements and and who knows what was going on there. Uh, but what was going on in his head, we don't know. But it did look like he was having a silent conversation with himself, except a little more exaggerated. He wouldn't be quite moving constantly, but some of those gestures he did were very recognizable to me. So, enough about Dad. Uh, He's still in the hospital. I haven't had the morning update yet on what's going on. Like like I said, I probably won't be able to see him again until Monday because of work and Easter and all kinds of stuff. But uh, I know we're going over to uh, my my brother-in-law's for Easter. Maybe, uh, well, we'll just see how that goes. Uh, I'm thinking Monday after work I'll go see him. Uh, Amy wants to see him. She hasn't hasn't been down yet. Uh, you know, here's an observation. At the hospital, you know, we're, we're still wearing masks. Masks are still a thing. We wear them here at the store. It's a small store. People are on top of each other. We have people related to the store, you know, to, to employees here at the store that have immune conditions that... You know, Getting COVID would not be a good idea to avoid COVID with them. So you know, we wear masks, and we, requ- we require our customers to wear masks. We would provide masks. We have them right up at the front of the store. We buy them. We provide them. You know, The, 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 the nice paper, surgical mask types. You know, and, and we haven't had real pushback on it. But one person left the store one day. They dropped their mask on the floor, and as they were leaving the store, they said, COVID's over. And I was like, oh, shut up just shut up. It's not over. But you go to a hospital, right? It's a hospital. Medical people all over the place working there and their support staff. You would think that after three years, the people who are working in the hospital would know how to wear a mask. (laughs) I was, I have a KN95 mask. It's not the top like the N95, but it's, you know, it's better than the the surgical mask for that kind. It's better than a cloth mask. It's a decent mask. I, I have it. I put it on. I'm not fidgeting with my mask all day long. Now, I might have just the kind of nose and the kind of glasses that work to make a seal. I put my glasses on the mask. You know so it, so it holds it to my nose and it stays in place and, my, and I don't get the fogged lenses, which is a lot of problem with people who wear glasses they get their glasses fogged up because you know air escapes up the top of the mask and it gets on your glasses. but if I've been I've over the three years I've figured out how to wear a mask and not have that happen. and I figured out how to wear a mask and not be fidgeting with it all the damn time. The guy that came in to do the EEG, his nose was outside his mask the whole goddamn time. I said, and I didn't. I, I, me, I. God, I should have, I should have said something. I said, what the hell? I saw the, at the nurses' station. The nurse that was working with my dad would put a mask on. She'd wear it well when she was in. Well, sometimes I saw her nose. I shouldn't say she wore it well, but she would wear it. But she's out at the nurses' station. I come out. She'd see me come out. She'd put her mask on. And I said, what are you doing? Which lead by example wear the masks and know how to wear them wear them properly i don't want to see your nose my older brother walked in. he kind of rolls his eyes about the whole mask thing he's he's he, he it never covered his nose is it covering your mouth is it's it's fine and it's good it's part of what you need to cover but you got to cover the nose too i just i just it just was really uh you know, I, I, I just shake my head I just what the what the hell people learn how to wear a mask Something else happened over the uh, course of, uh, of the couple of weeks since I talked to you. Fearless loser was uh, indicted and arraigned arrested and arraigned in court. he did, made a court appearance. Uh Finally, this was in New York City. Uh, there's a whole thing about, you know, should they have waited and let the bigger cases that are brewing go first or whatever. this was the one the case where they got everything together? We got it together,'re moving forward. We're indicting him. And you know, the arraignment happened. He pled not guilty, of course. the 34 counts, criminal counts of uh, tax fraud type stuff. And you know, it was about time. And Georgia's going to be coming. And Washington, D.C. is going to be coming. It's going to be happening. Georgia's working on the, I just need to find 11,780 votes. That's what he said. I just need to find 11,780 votes, which just happened to be the number of votes needed to win, just by one. Which is one more than we have. No, Mr. President, it's 11,780 votes more than you have. You lost. Stop trying to get us to steal the election for you. Because see, the, the, the steal was on his side. Not on Biden's side or the Democrat side. It was on Trump's side. That's where the steal was being attempted. And it led to, you know what it all led to. So he's finally being held accountable. And these idiots, these idiots in, in, in that they are apologizing for him, Yeah, it's, well, if this can happen to him, it can happen to you. Yeah, if I'm accused of committing a crime, yeah, it can. We are all subject to the law. I mean, Mike Pence said possibly the most stupid thing I've heard. He says, no one's above the law, but no one's below the law either. What? I wanted to be the host on that show, interviewing him, hearing him say that. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be that guy so I could turn around and look at him and say, what the fuck does that mean? No one's below the law. Everyone's below the law. We are all subject to the law. Yes, yes, no one is above the law, but we are all subject to it. Oh, excuse me. I have to take a sip. I'm, no, I'm just getting on a roll. Right at the end of the show. Mm-mm, that's some good Dr. Pepper Zero. <clears throat> anyway, one of the dumbest things I've heard: no one's below the law. What the fuck does that supposed to mean? But uh I, you know, so where, it, how it's going to shake out? I still have this this sinking feeling. He's, you know, that that the uh, fearless loser is just going to skate away with all this shit. It doesn't matter. But maybe he will be held absolutely accountable for stuff, and. You know, maybe let's hope the system works as far as that goes. Interesting thing, though. Uh, Just a different take here. Um, I put on my Facebook page for my cover photo the the picture which I'm predicting is going to win a Pulitzer Prize. Now, I don't know how many Pulitzer Prizes are given out each year for photography, but there's always, you know, there's that Pulitzer Prize winning photograph. You know, the photograph of the year. That kind of thing. Uh, The picture of him... There's two, actually, that's, that that I saw that I thought, hmm. But the first one that I saw, which I still think is on it, because it's narratively and historically and, 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 and capturing the, the the moment. I think it does it better. And that's the picture of him in the courtroom. And I'll put these on the show notes page. Just go to dimland.com, click on the show notes uh, option thing, and you'll see it. He's sitting at the uh, uh, at the table, the criminal defendant's table. He's got he's flanked by a couple of lawyers on either side of the table. Behind him are two law enforcement officers standing there. You see at least another one or two people back in the gallery part. And on the back wall, there's a little bulletin board with some things stuck to it, and a, and a little American flag right there. And loser himself is looking over, not directly at the camera, but he's looking over in the direction of it. And he's got that look on his face, that that, that downturned mouth kind of thing. Mm. And he's hunched shoulders, he's leaning forward, he's turning, he's looking. I said, and I looked at that, and I said, there it is. There's your Pulitzer Prize winning photograph. And then later I saw another one. Another photograph that I thought, ooh, this is a good one. And that's the picture of uh, you know the cameras were outside uh, this hallway or in the hallway, looking toward a, 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 like a, a glass wall with uh, some doors and everything was blacked out. All the glass was blacked out, and the door would open every now and then, and you could see inside. There's a white wall on the other side, and there's people milling about, and law enforcement officers would walk through, or lawyers or officials at, at the at the at the at the. Uh, the courthouse would be walking through there's police officers standing by a barrier on the other you know, on the camera side of the barrier uh, to keep people from going too far and they're just standing there and we're watching this and it's just this video come through and when when, when loser finally does walk through. There's a, which by the way, there were two, I don't know, bailiffs or, or police officers or security, whatever they were, walking ahead of him. They came in before, in front of him. And so there's one guy comes in, then the next guy comes in. And the, that second guy did not hold the door for the former president of the United States. Dude, you get to push the door open yourself. You get to hold the door for yourself. Made him do it. I don't know if it was a conscious thing, or if he doesn't even think about it, or if that's how he does things. I don't know. And there was a shot of him, of of of, of loser, framed by the the open door. So you see the white in the background. He's got like it's like he's like he's spotlit from like above. It's just the lighting and the composition of the photograph is much better than the the, the picture that I think is more historically significant in far as I mean this is historically significant yes this other picture but I think the one in the courtroom has all the gravity to it has all the you know this is a moment here capturing all kinds of elements of it the one where he's walking through a door in the courthouse you know compositionally uh and and for dramatic effect and it's a better photograph in an artistic sense but I think in a journalistic sense the one in the courtroom that's the one that's that that's the picture that's going to be you know the the pulitzer uh, uh picture of the year it's it's i i could be wrong but i have a feeling that that's what's what's going to be
2: good
1: night doctor good Night, Ooh. proud looker sorry for that cough but uh, uh my, my throat's drying out so before it goes away I'm just going to say, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com, and I am your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, saying, sleep with the lights off. I'll give you an update on my dad next week.
0: This has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning
1: us in. in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow.
2: wow. Well, well I'm, going I'm going to hell. Going to hell.